0: You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast.
1: everyone and welcome to the Strong Towns podcast. Today I'm hosting a conversation between two Strong Towns members, Bo Wright and Hale McCullum. Bo recently joined us on the Strong Towns staff as our development director and Hale is a design and brand strategist who owns her own design firm. So welcome Bo and Hale to the Strong Towns podcast.
2: Thanks. We're excited to be here.
1: So the reason that we're doing this conversation today is that you guys both recently wrote articles that were featured on our site where you talked about the towns uh, that you've chosen to live in and towns that you are, you know, maybe planning to live in in the future. This started because Bo had published an article talking about his decision to leave his small southern town and move to a Rust Belt city and Hale then responded with her own article about why she really loves her Southern town of Thomasville, Georgia and why she's, you know, been there for a while and is planning to stay. So I'll link to both of those pieces in our show notes, but I wanted to, yeah, have this conversation about different geographies and sizes of towns and what we like and don't like, um, and how those are all connected to strong towns ideas, So I wanted to start by asking you guys both what you do like about your towns and why you ended up in them in the first place. So Bo, let's start with you. Um, What brought you to live in your town and did you grow up there?
2: So I did not grow up there. Um, I grew up, to use a good Southern phrase, as the crow flies, probably 10 miles from there. We grew up on acreage, but sort of in suburbia, at least suburbia sort of came out to us. So when my wife and I came back to Atlanta, we met in Philadelphia, moved back to Atlanta, and um, we're looking for a walkable community, a community that we could really be a part of. A lot of that for me was driven by sort of Strong Towns principles and listening to Strong Towns and the conviction from that. So the town we uh, currently live in and are moving away from, and I'm sure we'll get into that, is... One of the only sort of walkable communities north of Atlanta. Um, we're about an hour north of Atlanta. Um, so we love it. It's, it's a town of about 20,000. It has a great downtown. We, we've really enjoyed our time there. We've been there about two years. My parents actually moved, uh, into the town after we did. Um, so they live about 0. 0.4 miles from us. I tell people that we can't afford wine. So we always just go over to their house and have wine at night. Um, and it's a short walk over there. So we've really enjoyed it there. Um, I tried to state in the article I wrote that the reasons why we're leaving have nothing to do with like a dislike of the town that we're in and, and small towns in particular. I, I think they have a lot to offer and I think they're great places to live and, uh, great places to raise a family.
1: So Hale, what brought you to your town, uh, Thomasville, Georgia, and what are the things that you love about it?
0: Yeah, sure. So we've been in Thomasville about 14 years now. I did not grow up here. But interestingly, my husband did and my mother did. So definitely family was one of the pieces that brought us to Thomasville. We were living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming before we lived in Thomasville, which is an awesome town. But it's not really a great place to buy a house and raise a family. It's just the the housing shortage there is... Is pretty acute. And so when we started thinking about getting married and settling down and having kids, none of which we'd done before we moved to Thomasville, we were really looking for a place that that would be a good spot for us to do all of those things. So we kind of uh, looked far and wide and considered a lot of different options. And then Thomasville presented itself. There was a movement here where one of the smaller neighborhoods was being revitalized. And my husband was able to purchase, as I say in the article, a small bungalow, um, probably right around a 1,000 square feet for about $30,000. So that, that ultimately is what sort of sealed the deal for us and, and got us to Thomasville was being able to find a house that we could restore and work on and live in.
1: The two of you are coming from slightly different perspectives. Um, Bo, I know you're, you know, a little bit earlier on in your career, you graduated from college, you know, a few years ago. Hale, you have an established business. Two children, right?
0: Two children, two boys, a thirteen year old and a ten year old.
1: How do the different phases of life that you guys are in make you um more or less interested in the places that you're living or where you're where you're choosing to move? Um, Bo? like, why are you guys choosing to leave your town uh, now?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that that obviously has uh, something to do with it, at least in the sense that it would be way more difficult to sort of pick up and move if we, if my wife and I did have kids in a more established career that's place-based. I know uh, Hale mentioned that both her and her husband's careers are really place-based, and I think that's awesome and amazing. And, and that's not the case, uh, for my wife and I. The reasons my wife and I are moving to, uh, a bigger city isn't necessarily to be around quote unquote better amenities or, you know, more brew pubs and all of those things that I think Hale mentioned in her article, um, like driving, you, you know, in these towns, you don't have the opportunity to drive to Whole Foods or try different microbreweries every night. Um, and she's not interested (laughs) in living next to those people. Yes, we're we're exactly the same way. All of the cities we looked at have those neighborhoods, and those are not the neighborhoods we looked at. But that definitely does have something to do with um, our decision to move. I mean, I I was hesitant to write this article, and it was uh, somewhat of a struggle for me. And I tried to state some of this at the start because I believe so much in loving a place, no matter how lovable it is um, and being rooted in a place and allowing it to shape you and so while strong Towns makes no arguments that people should stay in places and should you know stay in places where they were raised born and raised or places they love rather than moving to places with a bunch of amenities um, while we make n- you know no claims about that um, I I do think there's something there so um, I do think there's something about staying in a place. Despite, you know, whether or not it has amenities. Um And from what I've read about Hale's work and her town, it sounds like she's been a part of bringing some of those amenities to the town and uh, and creating a lot of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Hale, why has your town been really good for your life and your family?
0: Sure. Well, I do want to say that we didn't always have a lot of the amenities that we have. When we first moved here, there was not a coffee shop. I know. Oh, Shocking. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There was no coffee shop downtown. So, um, so what I saw in Thomasville was a lot of opportunity to make change and to help mold the town. Um, my children are the sixth generation on both sides to live in this town. So although I did not grow up here, they have a long sense of history here. And I knew from having family here that, that leaning in and working on the town was going to be a possibility for us. So that was one of the draws for sure was, it may not be the place that we exactly want it to be, but we can have a hand in making it a place that we want it to be. So yeah, so I've worked hard. I I really didn't for the first I don't know, eight or so years that we were here because I was starting businesses and moving and raising kids and, you know, all that stuff that, that happens kind of all at once. So it wasn't really until about five years ago that I really started working hard on place and leaning in in that, in that way. But it's, it's been a really fun thing to do and it's fun to watch, watch our town sort of come along as it were. And
1: both you and your husband now own small businesses in your town. And I think um, maybe this is my bias as somebody who grew up in bigger cities, but like I wouldn't think of a small town as like a great place to start a small business necessarily. You know, it sounded like from what you wrote that that was actually like a really great place to start a business for you. Um, Why was that?
0: Yeah. So, for one, I'm like, yes, yes. Let me talk about this. So, for one, office space is really inexpensive here. Um, you can rent a great office in a in our only five story building downtown for under four hundred dollars a month. So, um, so that's part of it. The houses here, uh, a lot of them have extra bedrooms, and so starting a business in an extra bedroom with no rent is is a great place to start a business. Thomasville is a lovely place to live, but you do have to figure out what you're going to do when you get here. And neither of us really knew what we were going to do until we got here and sort of sorted through some things. My husband started working for a different real estate brokerage and then went out on his own in 2007, right when the market crashed, which I thought, oh, is this a really good idea to do this now? And he said, well, I don't want to split my percent with anybody else. So I'm yeah, I'm going to go do this. And so he's grown his business into a really successful business over the last, um, you know, decade or so. And then I started out in a product based company and switched to branding and design. And I thought I'd run out of clients and I have not even begun to run out of clients yet around here. So it's pretty neat to be working on the, on the town in that way, supporting other local businesses with their branding and design needs it kind of pulls everybody up when uh, when you have good creative going on for businesses
1: and are you able to also take um, remote clients
0: yeah sure yeah so I've worked with people in Indiana and in California we have some clients currently in st Simon's Georgia which is about a three-hour drive from here so for them we do a little bit of work there and a little bit of work remotely but I think that's one of the beauties about my profession uh, graphic design is that you can do at least some of it remotely of course I love I love being in front of people and working face to face but yes remote is possibility and that's that's one of the things that I think small towns need to really uh, grasp and embrace is that there are a whole lot of jobs out there now that people can create for themselves particularly in creative fields um, that you can really live anywhere and, and have a successful career and business that you own.
1: Definitely. I mean, Bo and I are also work remotely, so um, yeah, this is like the, the trend of the future.
0: Right. It kind of doesn't matter where you are. As long as you have internet, which, which luckily our city owns our utilities, I say luckily because it's really nice to be able to call down to City Hall and talk to the guy in the IT department who's going to fix your internet connection. You know, you don't have to get on the phone with, with a big corporation and hope that someone can help you. So that kind of thing is nice in a small town too.
2: I've sort of made that argument for like past two years, especially in regard to my town. At one point, I was really interested in working with people to start up like a co-working space in our town. I buy into that argument totally that because there's an opportunity to work remotely and because there's like the wave of the future, as Rachel mentioned, is towards a lot of those kind of jobs. I just wonder, and I don't have an answer for it, why we haven't seen that yet. Um, Because it, you know, I think we've seen more and more clustering in big cities as people are able to work remotely more than we've seen people moving to um, small towns. And I think you're starting to see it with some of the mid-sized cities. I, I've seen it in visiting different mm-hmm. Rust Belt cities, companies moving there, and then people who are able to work remotely. Uh, but I just wonder why we haven't seen that. And I don't know if you have any kind of response or answer to that, Hale.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. I'm sort of surprised that we don't see more people moving to Thomasville, sort of creating their, their own path in a small town. I, I don't know the answer to that. I tried to start a co-working space here and it was a total fail. I don't know what's going on there. I, I would love to see more of it, more of it happening. I think, Sometimes it's about the point in your life, just to kind of bring it back to that question. I know I wouldn't have moved to a small town until I was ready to get married and have kids and kind of um, live a little bit different life than I had up until that point. And I will say, i got to use the M word, millennial, um, which I love millennials. I have two that, that work with me. They jazz me all the time for using that word. But I think um, millennials and the generation after are delaying some of that um, sort of settling in. And so I think it, I think it is going to be a bit delayed and we might not see it until, until a little bit later on, but I hope that we do see it because I think that small towns are great for, for all those, for all those reasons, kids and family and creating your own job. I wonder if there's
1: also true or not an idea that, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship, married, whatever, that, um, you know, one of you might have a remote job, but the other one doesn't. And so moving to a smaller town, you might think that it would be harder to find a job for the other spouse. I don't know.
0: Yep. No, I definitely, we always joke that we have to recruit both the husband and the wife because, yeah, you know, one can love it and the other doesn't want to be here. So it has to be a good fit for both in the partnership and in the phases of of career also. I think there's also a hesitancy to really go out and start your own thing with no safety net. I know that people are like I just want a job and and it's it's sometimes surprising to me that people don't want to work for themselves, but you don't get that direct deposit on Friday when you work for yourself every week. <laughs> so it is kind of a scary scary thing to do and I think It surprises me that more younger people aren't working for themselves, but I think um, student loans and the financial crisis maybe played a role in shaping how people think about working for themselves, too.
1: So one of the topics that came up in I think both of your essays had to do with just like being active and, and being a strong citizen in your communities how do you guys think that your small towns make it easier or harder to be really active in shaping the future of your, of your town? Is it easier to get involved in like local government or local organizations and neighborhood groups and things in a smaller town versus a bigger city? Maybe, Bo, why don't you answer that one first?
2: This was actually a question I had, uh, for Hale and I'll just answer it this way first. I don't think I can necessarily make any critiques of my town because I've only been there for two years. Um, and so I think it'd be really unfair for me to say like, oh, the people there have no imagination. There's no point in getting involved when I've been there two years and I haven't done what I can to be involved. As I mentioned, there were a, I in the two years, worked with a few people to try to get a few things started and had pushback from the town. There's a downtown lot right in the heart of downtown where a building burned um, probably 20, 30 years ago. The owner sold that lot to the city recently. And so the city owns it. The city's doing nothing with it. It's a decent sized lot. So it's basically just a lot with brick on all four sides. Um, and so I was working with a few different people to try to start a food truck like park in there. And the city told me that, after talking to several people that that's not what they were imagining for the space that was probably 8 months ago now the space is like c- completely graffitied and they have gone through and instead of like scraping it off just spray painted blue over the graffiti um so it's it's really frustrating to me to see that because you know once again they said they don't know what they're going to do with it but it's up to the city to decide what to do with it and they don't think a food truck is the best use of it when it's clearly not being used. But I say that. And then again, I want to just reiterate, I've been there two years and for most of that time, I was working a job where I was driving like two hours every day. Um, and so I didn't have the opportunity to get as involved as I'd like to be. More recently, I've been pretty involved. But my, my question to Hale and as since she has a lot more experience with this and spent more time, In her small town and being involved is whether, especially from someone who is on the creative side of things, is whether you think there's sort of an imagination problem in small Southern towns. I think this is an easy critique and I think it's a critique like I would want to make of my small town, but I I also think it's sort of short-sighted and just sort of a lazy critique of... Um, just making it because I haven't been as involved as I should be, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So what I've found in my small Southern town is that there's kind of this push pull between when do we need city government to get on board with what we want to see happen? And when can we just make something happen? And it's really hard to know um sort of what is what and when is what um, I tend to be fairly analytical for creative. And so I sort of early on decided that there were some processes in our city that could be worked on. And the way I was going to do that was to be on citizen boards and commissions and to kind of go along with and work with city staff to make change. Now, there are other people who would really just like to see change happen and let's do it without the city and let's move on and let's just put some food trucks in that empty lot and see you know see what happens kind of thing I think it's hard in a smaller town my town's the same size it's about 20,000 people you don't want to make everyone mad at you because then you can't get anything done so so sometimes you have to kind of go with the flow and the the city government and sometimes you can sort of step outside the box and push those creative boundaries and knowing when is important but not easy I would say.
2: Like one of the things I've noticed in traveling and talking to people in Rust Belt cities is that they know they have a problem. Like it's clear. It's clear that they can't do things the way they've done in the past 60 years. It's clear that though city governments are still in many ways pursuing the big mega projects, it's becoming more and more clear in those places that that's not going to work and that sort of placemaking initiatives are the way of the future. I think that's less clear, especially in my town. We are basically right on the edge of what would be considered proper suburbia of Atlanta. So for most people in my town, like their greatest hope is that we become like a de facto suburb of Atlanta. We get all the amenities. I mean, just in the past month, you know, we've gotten like Ulta. We we have the new Kroger that's like a Whole Foods. So we have all these new amenities coming out and this is like the illusion of wealth phase. And it's like, what do you mean? We need to focus more on downtown. We're getting everything we want. Everything's going in the right direction. So there's no desire to do sort of placemaking initiatives, the, the sort of small incremental stuff that we talk about at strong towns. I think just in the illusion of wealth phase doesn't necessarily make sense, but I think in places where people realize that they can't do things the way that they've been done in the past and that they do have a problem. um, I think those sort of placemaking initiatives make more sense. And again, I have, you know, pretty little experience with this, but uh, this, these have just been sort of my observations.
0: Um, I did a, uh, when, when it was kind of the arts week and I did the stencil about a, you know, a bike rack would be great here. Um, It was a project that I did and was shared on Strong Towns. One of the things that's really interesting is, so we did that around, around a few places around Thomasville and I heard through the grapevine that I kind of hurt the feelings of the main street staff um, (laughs) by pointing out the flaws of not having bicycle racks around downtown. So there's also this small town element to doing placemaking, especially tactical urbanism that's hard to do because you're actually hurting people's feelings when you do it. Um, So I thought that that was sort of an interesting twist on, you I, know, I can
2: totally see that
0: trying to trying to push out a strong count's message in a really constructive and I mean, it was happy colors and it was chalk, it was going to wash away, you know, no damage done. But this kind of oh, we're working on that. We just aren't there yet. Why are you calling attention to it was sort of an interesting twist on placemaking for me.
1: Is there also the reality of like, you know, being in a smaller place, you're more likely to run into those people, you know, when you're dropping your kid off at school or at the grocery store or church or whatever. In a bigger city, if you like stood up at a meeting and said something, you could just like never see those people again. And that's probably not as true in a small town. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: That's super true. I mean, I know, um, you know, I I hope that it makes everyone a little bit more civil, um, but I'm not sure it always does. I definitely have made some new friends and unexpected friends through some of the work that I've done in our city, particularly through my role um, on our planning and zoning commission. People come out of the woodwork that, that I don't know for those meetings and just to hear the different points of view uh, can be can be pretty interesting at times.
1: We've talked about, you know, some of the things that we love about their small towns. What are the drawbacks for you guys? And let's, you know, let's set aside like politics and bigger social issues for a minute and just talk about like day to day. What are some of the challenges of living in a smaller town? And Bo, let's start with you since you guys are heading somewhere different.
2: Just on a personal note, what we were talking about earlier with careers for both spouses, this is one of the main reasons my wife and I are going to end up moving. My wife is um, doing a master's in horticulture and her ultimate goal is to work at like a botanical garden or something similar to that. And there just aren't those opportunities around where we live. I think in our town, some of like the I mentioned in my article, building for tourism versus livability. And this is something that like our downtown now has, I think, like 10 boutiques and probably six antique shops and a town that has like 30 shops downtown. And that may just be like a trend or like a stepping stone into more uh, livability amenities. But as I've traveled to some of the Rust Belt cities and some of the walkable communities, neighborhoods within those, a lot of them have like local grocery stores and stuff like that. Our town just doesn't have any of those things. And again, as I'm mentioning all these things, like I hate being the person who's we're not moving because of amenities or anything like that. So uh, just trying to make just trying to make that clear. I mean, the amenities stuff like comes into it, but some of the cultural stuff I think is like I'm I'm from the south that small southern town life is just like what I'm used to there's nothing there that like necessarily bothers me obviously there there are bigger things but as i mentioned some of like what southern culture is today i just don't think is sustainable or healthy or builds strong citizens or any of those things so that's definitely something my wife and i my wife and i talk about a lot especially as we are uh, thinking about kids and stuff like that, and where we would want to raise kids. And I don't want to come across as saying like the South's an awful place, and you shouldn't raise your kids there. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but just some of the ways that current Southern culture is trending, I don't think are very healthy.
1: Hale, what what are the you know things that you wish your community would do differently, or you know what are some of the bigger challenges in your day to day life living in your small town?
0: Sure. Well, I think one of the things that I run into is that a lot of people who live here have always lived here. And so they haven't seen really great communities with awesome bike paths. They just, they haven't been exposed to some of the things that Strong Towns and, you know, other organizations are talking about. And I'd love to bring here, they just don't have a context for how that even looks or works or, or happens. I wish people were a little bit more broad-minded and a little bit more curious, I guess, is is what I would say. Now, not everyone. You know, there there are plenty of people here who get out and go and do and see. But some folks don't and haven't. Um, Bo talked a bit about um, the baby boomers, and they just are kind of in a phase when they want to kind of – settle and they're not really getting excited about making big changes or strides in their community. So for a lot of years we recruited baby boomers and retirees to our community, which I'm not saying was a bad tactic at the time, but it's left us with a very aging population and not a lot of young people, which is something I would like to see change in our community for sure is, is just being able to attract You know under 35 year olds who want to live in a place like this so i think that the demographics are something i would i would like to see change um i also feel like there are a whole lot of people here that don't get how awesome our downtown is and and why we have a great thriving downtown and they say things like why don't we have a target (laughs) And I'm like, we don't need a target. We have a target, literally a 25 minute drive from our town is a target that is plenty close enough for me, but people just don't think they've kind of arrived until they have a target right up the street. And, and, and so that's frustrating to me is, is just wanting these, these big box corporate things in your small town when I don't think we need them or they're close enough <laughs> or they could be in, they could be in the next town over and that's just, and that's just fine.
1: So strong towns is an organization, a movement that speaks to issues um, that we see, in communities of all sizes geographies locations all across the continent and we work pretty hard at that and we're proud to have members and writers and staff who represent a really big cross-section of uh, american geography but i wanted to ask you guys what do you think makes the strong Towns message particularly resonant for small southern towns you know what are the most important issues facing your towns that strong towns could address well maybe uh, why don't you go first
2: when I say Southern culture isn't healthy right now, I'm, I'm trying to imagine like a healthy Southern culture. And what I imagine is this sort of do-it-yourself mentality of creating great places. I, I feel like Strong Towns taps into um, the best of that tradition. Um, obviously, every tradition has its good and its bad sides, but I think it taps into the best of that tradition. Small Southern towns and, and small towns all across America are really trying to find their identity um, and trying to find where their place is in this new sort of emerging economy, and I think strong towns provides a lot of insight into that. Um, I don't think we have the answers, but I think we have a lot of insight into that. Um, and so I think in all of those ways, strong towns is is very applicable to to small towns. I think the strong towns message is especially uh, applicable to small towns and mid-sized cities across, across America.
0: So I think here in Thomasville for one, particularly one of the things that really resonates with me is the idea of how you move through your community and what that looks like and, and being fiscally responsible about how you move through your community. So instead of widening roads or building bigger highways through town, you know, looking at how are people currently moving around? Are they walking, are they biking? If they're not, why not? Are they walking to school? How are you getting from one place to another? And and a small town is a great place to experiment with that because geographically speaking, it's not huge. So you can ride your bicycle across town in 10 minutes. And if you're not riding your bicycle across town in 10 minutes, why are you not riding your bicycle across town? Um, and And sort of implementing some of those some of those ideas we're we 're building a multi use trail, which is great, but there 's a whole bunch of streets in town that aren 't going to be part of the multi use trail that people use to get to and from school and work and and kind of looking at that and understanding that especially different income levels move differently through the town and and how can you start to address that and and how does that relate back to health? I mean we have a major Problem in South Georgia with obesity and heart um, and heart disease. So so moving around your town can can help with a lot of different
2: things. Yeah, to, to follow up on that. I mean, I think one thing that has gotten a lot of attention in the past year or so is sort of class conflict. And obviously a lot of that has focused on small towns um, and probably especially small southern towns the way to resolve one of the ways to resolve that is to allow our towns and cities to grow stronger and to allow them to become more self-sufficient and less dependent on state and federal decisions. Um, Basically, I mean the way to class equity is to allow people to stand on their own two feet. Um, And this is something that's a huge problem in small towns. Um, I mean, our town relies a lot on state funding Um, while we, you know, like to tell ourselves we're self-sufficient and all that, we rely very heavily on, uh, state funding and federal funding. Um, and so I think one of the way, and this is obviously a problem that Strong Towns is trying to solve of how do we get away from a system, sort of urban top-down economic system to a bottom-up system. That problem that Strong Towns is sort of looking at will allow small towns to sort of stand on their own two feet as, and that was some of the stuff Hale was mentioning.
1: Well, we should wrap it up, but do either of you have any concluding thoughts or questions you want to add?
0: Well, I just want to say it's really hard to talk about small southern towns and not talk about (laughs) some of the topics that you asked us to steer clear of, um, like, levels and then race relations definitely are I mean that is a really hard thing about living in a small southern town is to have a very socially and I and I think I wrote about this in my piece but we are very socially um segregated in Thomasville and that's been really hard as a parent I don't want my kids not knowing um people who who don't look exactly like them you know, so, so to me, that's, that's one of the bigger drawbacks of a small southern town is just, you know, years and years and a long history of, of being segregated and now socially segregated. And it's something that, that I feel is changing through some strife with, uh, Black Lives Matter marches and, and a, and a lot of that conversation starting to, to happen at the dinner table, um, that just didn't used to. And, and so that's it's hard for me to talk about a small southern town and not talk about that. Um, although I don't have the answers and I don't know how to get our community to where it needs to be. But I know that it's going to take a while for it
2: to get there.
1: Yeah. Bo, do you have anything you want to add on that?
2: that? That's a great point And I'm glad Hale made it. Um, I'll just conclude by saying I'm so glad, Hale, that you wrote your piece. As I was writing mine, I was especially with the title, why I think it was why I'm leaving a small southern town. I was really, really hoping someone would write something on why I'm staying in one, because I tried to get this across in my piece, I believe very strongly in uh, staying in a place. And so I'm really glad and grateful that you wrote that, uh, wrote the piece that you wrote.
0: Oh, well, and I'm super glad you wrote yours, because it made me think, well, if he's leaving, why am I staying? Like, can I really articulate why I'm here in the first place, and then why I want to why I want to stay here also. So I think it was a great exercise for obviously for both of us on both sides of that equation.
1: Yeah, I think we can all do things wherever we are to make our places stronger. That's what I take away from this for sure. Well, Bo and Hale, thanks so much for joining us on the Strong Towns podcast. And I wanted to just close by saying to our listeners, you guys just got to hear from two amazing Strong Towns members, uh, and this is a good snapshot of the the thoughtful group of people who make up our movement. By the time you're going to listen to this, we will have wrapped up our fall member drive. But if you didn't get a chance to become a member at that time, if you didn't get a chance to officially join this group of people like Bo and Hale and thousands of others across the continent. We really need you. So please go to strongtowns.org slash membership and join the movement. And thanks to everyone who's supported us already. Bo and Hale, we really appreciate you guys joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and being part of this movement.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. It was a real honor. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Take care.
0: Bye. We need your help. If you think the Strong Towns message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at StrongTowns.org. Drastic times, reply, what? Drastic measures, yes! Who said that? They know that America's one big pothole right now. Bill. 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 That's a start. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating.
1: Who oh, made it city?
2: I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United
0: Nations Earth Summit. Agenda 21. Yeah.